0: Today, as Tim said, we are starting a new series. And in this new series, I'm gonna begin by describing a season of my life. And I wanna see how many of you can relate to it. So at one time in my life, I had reached what I called a plateau. I reached a plateau in my career. I'd done everything I could with the education that I had. And I was kind of stuck in my career unless I went on and did more schooling and I had reached a plateau in my relationship with my wife. So my wife and I, we loved each other, but we both kind of felt lonely in our marriage. We felt stuck. We both wanted more out of our relationship, and we're struggling to achieve that. I felt stuck in my relationship with God. I'd kind of reached this plateau where There was this gap between me and God. And I was reading my Bible. I was praying. I was going to church. I was serving. I was doing all the stuff that I felt like I should do. And yet I I didn't feel like I could bridge the gap between us. I couldn't figure out like, how can I uh, shrink this gap? I feel so far from God. I'd reached a plateau in my attitude. I had this Bad attitude in that season. It applied to just about everything. And if you were one of my friends back then, you probably didn't want to be one of my friends back then. And you know, my dog even avoided me. You know, didn't want to make eye contact. So it was like, here he comes, Mister Bad Attitude. And I had just reached the spot where, like, everything just kind of felt stuck. And one word kind of described that season for me, and it was blah. So can anybody relate to that? Am I like the only one who's had a season like that? Anybody else like you've had a season where you've been stuck, you've been at a plateau in your life? So a number of you can identify with that. And what I needed at that time in my life and what you may need when you've been in that spot or maybe if you may be in that spot in the future is what I needed, what you may need is a breakthrough, I needed a breakthrough in almost every area of my life. I needed a breakthrough in my finances, breakthrough in my career, breakthrough in my relationship with my wife, breakthrough with my relationship with God, breakthrough in my attitude. Like I needed a breakthrough everywhere. And maybe you need a breakthrough or maybe you know somebody who needs a breakthrough in their lives. Maybe you need a breakthrough in a relationship that just feels stuck. Like you're in this relationship, it's a super important relationship to you, but you've just kind of hit this plateau and it just doesn't feel great. Like it's kind of painful as you kind of bump into each other and you're trying to figure out how to, how to get more out of that relationship. Or maybe you've hit a, relation, uh, or a plateau in um, your relationship with God. Like maybe like you used to have this really great relationship But lately, you felt this gap, this distance between you and God, and you can't quite figure out how to get back to what that relationship was like before. Or maybe you're not a Christ follower, and you look around at other people who are Christ followers, and they seem to have great faith, they seem to have a great relationship, and here you are saying, like, I wish I had that, but I just can't seem to break through the questions and the doubts that I have. Maybe you need a breakthrough in a health issue in your life. Maybe you need a breakthrough in a financial issue in your life, a career issue in your life. Maybe you just need a breakthrough in an attitude issue. Maybe you've got a a bad attitude and you can't quite figure out how, how to get rid of that attitude and get to the other side of it in a different relationship with God and other people and even yourself. Now, when I'm in a spot like that, and many people are in spots like that, often we wonder, how can I get the breakthrough that I need? Like, how do I break through that plateau? Like, how do I get to the other side? And, and when we're in that spot, we think, you know, like, I've tried everything. Like, I've tried everything I know to do. I, I've read my Bible. I've prayed more. I've tried to have faith. I tried counseling. I thought about trying counseling. I, I've even searched the almighty worldwide web. And, and didn't get the answers that I need. So when we're in that spot and we're trying hard and, and things aren't working, what do we do? We often do the same thing again and again and again and expect different results. Isn't that the definition of something? Sanity. Sanity. You've been there before. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there too, you know, doing the same thing, Thing like, why isn't this working? You know, I, I keep trying this thing and, and hoping it'll end me up in a different place and it doesn't. Why? Because I keep doing the same stuff that's not working. So what do we do when we hit a plateau? What do we do when we get stuck in life and we need a breakthrough? I was really hoping one of you would have an answer. <laughs> uh, if you, you could teach us this morning. That would be Fantastic. All right, so since you're here, pray. Yeah, that's one of them. That's fantastic. Guidance and direction. Yeah. Change. Change. Is that change in your pocket or like change personally? Because I like the change in my pocket thing, but change in personally, that is so hard. But yes, that's a great thing. Change. So today we're going to talk about four things that I think we need to do when we've hit a plateau And we need a breakthrough in life. So if you are a note taker, today would be a great day to take some notes. And I'm going to be kind of drawing from different Bible stories and kind of bouncing between some Bible stories. So taking notes will help you kind of track where I'm at and where we're going. So the first thing that I think we should do when we're in a stuck spot, we're at a plateau and we need a breakthrough is we need to remember that plateaus happen to everyone, and everyone needs help breaking through them. Now, sometimes we don't remember that. Like, we forget that. There are moments when I'm kind of stuck in a, a spot or I'm at a plateau, and I think I'm the only one. Like, I look out at everybody else's life, and I think, your life is so perfect. At least it appears that way on social media and I think, man, everybody else's life is great. They don't struggle with these problems. They don't hit these plateaus. They aren't stuck in life like I'm stuck. But that's not true. Like, you're not the only one. There are other people that get stuck. There's other people who have found ways to break through things that, that they need to break through. So we need to remember you know, this, this whole issue of being stuck, this whole issue of, of facing plateaus This happened since the beginning of human existence. So I'm gonna take you back to the story of Adam and Eve. So with Adam and Eve, God's first humans, and they started life with a great relationship with each other and a great relationship with God until they hit a plateau and God came along and said, listen, I have one rule for you, just one. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That one rule created a plateau in their relationship with God and each other. And so they started wondering, like, what is God holding out on us? Like, why does he, does he tell us not to do this? Like, God's got something that he knows that would benefit us greatly. But again, he's holding out. So what's going on? So they hit this kind of plateau. How did they break through that plateau? They disobeyed God. They ate the forbidden fruit. They ended up getting kicked out of the, king, out of the Garden of Eden. Then I'm going to take you to King Solomon, the wisest man who's ever lived. So Solomon was the third king of the nation of Israel. And just an amazing encounter that he had with God one time. God comes along and says, Solomon, ask me anything and I'll give it to you. And Solomon asked for wisdom. He said, God, I don't know how to lead your people. Would you give me wisdom? And I read that and I'm like, that is fantastic. Because I would have asked for like wealth or to defeat my enemies or hair Or like, you know, like I would have said something crazy, but Solomon asked for wisdom. And yet, his wisdom and all the knowledge that he had actually led him away from God. He didn't know how to manage his wisdom. He didn't know how to turn to God in those moments when he felt stuck. In the book of Ecclesiastes, he writes, everything is meaningless. It's all a waste of time. Life's a waste of time. So chase whatever you want to chase. That attitude that he had led him to disobey God. He turned away from God. He started to worship other gods, and that resulted in his kingdom being torn into. Then we go to the prophet. Elijah. So Old Testament prophet Elijah, this amazing guy, if you're not familiar with him, there was this one encounter where he feels like, you know, I'm the only guy standing for God. So he stands up to 450 prophets of of a God named Baal. So he says, listen, let's have a, a God smackdown. my God versus your God. And he challenges them and says, listen, whichever God can call fire down from heaven is the one true God. And so he sets up this whole encounter, and and they're like cutting themselves and praying to their God, and nothing happens. And then he steps up and prays to God, lightning from heaven, and he proves there's only one true God in heaven, and that is the God that Elijah serves and the God that many of us serve. And yet after that amazing moment, he finds out that the queen is angry with him, and she wants him killed. She's she's very upset because those prophets of Baal, they were her prophets. And so she says, listen, by tomorrow, you're gonna be dead. He runs away, he hides in a cave and God has to come and help him get over the plateau, get over being stuck by this plateau of fear that had gripped his life. So we all face plateaus. We all get stuck in life. We gotta remember that everybody needs help breaking through plateaus. Second thing, I think we should remember when facing plateaus is that plateaus can have a purpose. Plateaus can have a purpose in our lives if we'll just look for the purpose. God never wastes a moment in our lives, and yet there are moments that we're like like this is terrible. I just want to pray this thing away. I just want to wish this thing away. I just want it to go away. This is horrible. And yet, God may have allowed that plateau to be in your life for a specific reason. Plateaus can teach us things. They can teach us how to change. They can teach us how to grow a spiritual depth that we may not have. They can teach us to turn to God in moments that we would turn to something else. Plateaus can teach us a lot about ourselves. They can teach us a lot about God if we'll just pause enough to say, God, what's the purpose of this plateau? Like It's here for a reason. You've allowed it for a reason. So what's the purpose? What am I supposed to be learning here in this moment? So we've got to slow down enough to ask that. So in your plateau, or a plateau of somebody else that you may know, what might the purpose be? Might its purpose be to help you trust God more in a moment when you want to trust yourself? Is its purpose to help you develop a spiritual toughness in a spiritual depth that you need and that plateau can help you dig deeper in your relationship with God? Is the purpose of the plateau for you to actually turn to God for the first time in your life or turn back to him after a season of being away? Plateaus can have a purpose if we'll just slow down enough instead of wishing them away and asking, God, what is the purpose of this plateau right now? Third thing I think we need to remember is that we've got to turn to God for the breakthroughs that we need in life. And this is super important because often we turn to the wrong things and we turn to wrong people to get breakthroughs. And this happens all the time. And it's not new with us. When we go back into the Bible, we find that even these uh, people that God chose to be especially chosen people did that. They didn't turn to God They turn to their own resources. So let me tell you about Abraham and his wife, Sarah, and how they did that in one moment. So Abraham, the father of God's chosen people. So God shows up in Abraham's life one day and says, listen, Abraham, I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. And I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless the entire world through you. And Abraham says, one problem. I don't have any kids. Sarah and I are childless. And here, here, uh, Abraham at that time was 75 and Sarah was 65. And he's like, like, Problem, we're kind of past childbearing years, and God says, That's not a problem for me. And I'm gonna He said, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna give you a child. When God didn't give them the child that they wanted, when they wanted, how they wanted, Abraham and Sarah took matters into their own hands. And Sarah came up with this idea. So one day she goes to Abraham, her husband, and says, listen, Abraham, I've got this idea. So God has decided not to give me a child. So maybe his idea is for you to sleep with my young servant named Hagar, and maybe he'll bless us with a child through that strategy. Anybody see a problem with that? Yeah, So Abraham, being the super wise father of the Jewish people, says, well, honey, if you think that's the best strategy, you're in your 70s, but if you think I should sleep with your 20-year-old servant, okay, I'll do that, caused a huge problem in their relationship, huge wedge between Abraham and Sarah and Hagar, and she got pregnant. And she gave birth to a son, Ishmael. Well, guess what? Later, Sarah got pregnant. Through God's intervention, gave birth to Isaac. You know, there's an international conflict that goes on to this very day because of the decision that Abraham and Sarah made when they chose to take things into their own hands and turn to themselves and their own strategy, their own resources, instead of God. So if you watch the news and see Middle Eastern conflict, it goes back to that decision right there, when they chose to turn to themselves instead of turning to God. And we have to be careful because we can do the same type of thing. We can uh, take things into our own hands and try to solve things with our own resources. And some people do that through relationships, and I watch people go from relationship to relationship to relationship, almost like the relationship junkies because they don't know how to be alone in a relationship with God. And when they're not in relationship with another person, they feel lonely and they try to fill that void and they fill that void with another relationship. They jump into the relationship without kind of vetting that relationship and vetting that person. So they get into this relationship and they feel, oh, I feel good right now. This is great. When things don't feel so good, maybe that relationship ends, they feel lonely. They jump right into another relationship without slowing down enough to say, God, what are you trying to teach me? Like, who do you want me to become? God, like, can you really meet all of my emotional needs beyond me trying to, uh, to fulfill my needs through another person all the time? So sometimes people turn to other relationships besides God to break through the plateaus that they feel. Sometimes we do that with the three Ps. So we think power, we think power, position, and we think possession will help us to break through plateaus in life. So we think, you know, the, if I get this next job, if I get this next promotion, if I get that raise, if I, if I get that new gadget, then maybe all that stuff will help me break through this season of life where I just feel stuck. And the reality is power will never lead to us getting through breakthroughs. And and, and that's confusing for us. We think if I had power, then I could just decide whatever I want and I could just break through. Not true. More power you get, more responsibility you have. More weight is on your shoulders and more you realize, you know what? I'm not quite as in control as I thought I was in control. And possessions, they can bring momentary happiness, but if we don't understand them and keep them in their proper perspective, they will always leave us wanting more. So the three Ps can't lead to breakthrough in our lives. Sometimes we turn to our resources. We think if I work harder, if I do, if I do more, if I pray more, if I, just, if I just keep doing this stuff that I think will get me the breakthrough, if I keep finding my own inner strength, I'll get there. And that often leads to exhaustion and burnout where we say like, man, nothing seems to work. So I'm, I'm stuck. We've got to turn to God to get to the breakthroughs that we need in our lives. Listen to how King David did this. So David was Solomon's father. So if you know the story of David and Goliath, uh, the little David, this is David. He was the second king of the nation of Israel. And there was this huge plateau for him between being uh, anointed king of Israel and appointed as king of Israel. It took 22 years for that to happen. 22 years when David's walking through this long period of time where he's wondering, like, man, you showed up, God, and I was anointed to to be the king. And yet here I am kind of stuck in this huge season waiting for that to happen. And David, in that season, continued to turn to God and not to himself and his own resources to get the breakthrough that he was looking for. So um, in 1 Corinthians or Chronicles chapter 14, it tells about a time where David was finally appointed as the second king of the nation of Israel. And his enemies, the Philistines, came out to defeat him in battle. So they find out now's the time. David's about to be appointed king. So let's go defeat him in battle and defeat the Israelites so that they can't have their kingdom. And what David does in verse 10 is he turns to God he says, God, should I go go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? I think that's a profound question from David, especially knowing what David has done over the past 22 years. So he is an accomplished military leader. He has defeated the Philistines on many occasions. So he easily could have said, I got this one. Come on, guys. He could have rallied the troops and said, let's go into battle. Let's defeat them. But he didn't. He turned to God and said, God, should I go do this? And God said in verse 10, yes, go ahead. I will hand them over to you. So David and his troops went up to Baal, Perazim and defeated the Philistines there. And David exclaimed, listen to this. He said, God did it. He didn't say, I did it. He said, God did it. He used me to burst through my enemies like a raging flood. And one of the things I love about what David said there is it shows us that our God is a God of breakthroughs. Our God loves to help people break through things that hold us back in life, obstacles and plateaus. And sometimes we don't believe that. Sometimes we think, you know, God doesn't care about me being stuck. Or we think, you know, what God kind of likes me being stuck. That's not true. God loves To help people break through things that hold us back in life. So listen to how Jesus recommends we turn to God to get the breakthrough that we need. In Mark chapter 9, there's this story, this true encounter of a dad who has a son that he loves, and this son is demon-possessed. And I'm not sure what you think about demons, whether you think they're real or not, um, but Jesus believed in their reality and he interacted with them on a number of occasions. So this dad brings his son to Jesus' disciples and says, can you cast out this demon? Can you heal my son? Jesus' disciples couldn't do it. So then Jesus comes along and he casts out this demon and heals the son. Later, Jesus' disciples asked him, why couldn't we do that? we've cast out other demons. Why couldn't we do that in this moment? And listen to Jesus' response in Mark chapter nine, verse 29. He says, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. Some original manuscripts add the word fasting. This kind can only be cast out by much prayer and fasting. So Jesus recommends to his disciples, and I think he recommends to us today, when you get to that plateau, when you get to that stuck spot in life and everything else you've tried isn't working, you should try fasting and you should try praying to get the breakthrough that you want in life. Now, we can have different emotions when we hear those two things, fasting and prayer. For non-Christ followers. If you're um, not a Christian, you might say, well, man, that that just doesn't quite seem fair. Like, isn't that stuff for Christ followers? Like if you're a Christ follower, you fast and pray. Yeah, you get that. But I'm not a Christ follower. So like, I I don't know that I can fast. I don't know that I can pray, but that's not true. So think about what prayer is. Prayer is talking to God and God invites everyone to do that. Fasting is about intensifying our prayers And God invites everyone to fast. So if you're not a Christ follower, you can still benefit greatly from fasting and praying. And I think you can see God do a breakthrough in your life. Now, sometimes even Christ followers think, you know, those spiritual disciplines are just for like super spiritual people. Like maybe people that have a great relationship with God like bald people. (laughs) Because bald people have prayed so much they've prayed their hair off right so we've got a really close relationship with god and it's true the bald people have a special relationship with god but even if you're not bald you can benefit greatly from fasting and praying whether you know a lot about it you know nothing about it jesus says there's two things you should do when everything else you've tried is hasn't worked you should pray and you should fast so I think we can all benefit from those two things. Now, we've started every year in the life of our church this same way, through fasting and praying. And for a number of you, this is not the first time you've heard this. So you've heard us talk about it. And you may be sitting here today going like, darn it, I forgot about that. Like, why did I come today? You're talking about fasting and praying. Why didn't I come in February? Well, I'm glad you're here. Because <laughs> I, I really think that this can help all of us. Whether you're in a spot where you need a breakthrough or not, I think it can help all of us to just set aside a couple of weeks out of the year and say, God, I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray. I'm going to engage a couple of ancient spiritual disciplines for myself or for somebody else. I'm going to put you first at the beginning of this year, God, and I'm going to trust you with the rest of the year. So there's some amazing things that can happen when we fast and pray. Now, if you haven't engaged fasting yet, I challenge you to do that. Every year, I talk to people in our church family who say, you know, like, I've heard us talk about that a lot, but I've never really engaged it, so I challenge you to engage it this year. Don't let another year go by where you miss out on it. I dare you to engage it. I double-dog dare you to engage the spiritual disciplines of fasting and praying and watch and see what God can do in your life. Now, a number of you have done it. You've done it with us over the past eight years, And if you're in that spot, I'm grateful for that. And and I hope that it's just been a great adventure of learning again what God can do in your life. And I hope that you'll find a new way to engage fasting this year. I've been processing this, praying through this since January 1st and preparing my body, preparing my mind, preparing my heart for what God wants me to do as I engage the fast this year. And I hope that you'll do that as well. Hope you'll find a new way to engage the fast, challenge yourself in a new way. And, um, and we'll just see what God can do in our lives. Now, if you're new to the whole idea of fasting, let me just explain some things about it for you. So biblical fasting is very different than the other types of fasting that we experience in our world. So there's medical fasting, where a doctor comes along and says, I don't want you to eat before you do your blood work. So come in with an empty stomach, we'll do your blood work, and that's fasting. And then after that, then you can eat. So it's not that. Um, there's a new, um, anybody heard of intermittent fasting for diets and that kind of stuff? Health, the health folks. Okay. So there's this intermittent fasting where usually there's this video of this like really buff guy. And he's like, Hey, you can have a body like mine. If you just don't eat like, you know, 23 hours out of the day, that's not biblical fasting. All right. So biblical fasting is giving up something physical to get something spiritual. It's about giving up something temporal to get something eternal. And most often in scripture, fasting is related to food. It's about giving up food of some type or in some amount. And you might think hearing that like, why would anybody wanna give up food for any reason? Like that's craziness, we need food for survival. But people who are desperate for God to work are often willing, to engage things that seem crazy to the rest of us. And again, Jesus said, if you hit a spot where you're at a plateau and you need help, then fasting and praying just might be the thing that you need to do. Now, what I encourage everybody to do is get a copy of our fasting preparation guide. It's a four-page document that we put together every year. And this is a great tool to help all of us get prepared for the fast that's gonna come. So our fast this year is January 15th to January 28th, just a two-week fast. And this document can help you get prepared for that. So if you're brand new to fasting, don't know anything about it, Just read through this. It'll give you some great information, help you prepare your heart, and get ready for that. If you have done it before, if you fasted with us before, I encourage you to get this again. You can get a copy of it from our Connection Center. You can download it from our website, theepicchurch.com, and this document will help all of us get ready for that. So I encourage you to do that. And as you read through that, you'll find... There are many ways that you can engage a food fast. So you can give up all food and just drink liquids. Doesn't that sound super exciting? It is. So Moses did that. Jesus did that. A number of our church family has done that. I've done that before. Um, it, It really is an amazing type of fast. There's other fasts that you can do. You can do the Daniel fast, which is eating only fruits and vegetables you can give up a certain type of food like sweets or meat or carbs. You can fast one meal a day, one day a week. Uh, there's all kinds of ways that you can fast. And, and just so that you know, like one fast is not more important than another one. One fast is not more spiritual than another one. So somebody who's just going to drink liquids uh, for, for two weeks is not necessarily more spiritual than someone who's going to give up sweets for two weeks. Um, there's all kinds of things that we need to process through when we're coming up with what we're fasting from. But we need to remember, like, this isn't about like, hey, I'm going to one up somebody else. You're not in competition with anybody. It's about what's a big deal in my life that I need to set aside for a time of fasting and praying so that I can see God do a breakthrough. Um, there are other things that are often valuable to give up in addition to food. So like technology, movies, TV, social media, those are often great things to set aside during a time of fasting and say, you know what? Like, I'm not gonna engage those things during this season so I can gauge something else. And again, the thing about fasting is about replacement. So whatever we're giving up, we should replace that with prayer. And Bible reading is another great thing to to add in there. So that that time that we would spend doing whatever we're doing, like surfing the web, um, eating that food, whatever thing that we would typically fast, whatever time we would engage in that, then we should replace that with time in prayer. And can you imagine what our relationship with God would look like if we spend as much time in prayer as we do looking at our cell phones, wow. And I'm not recommending that you pray for 12 to 13 hours a day, you know, like we spend on our, our phones. I'm just saying that if we would replace the time that we spend, even a fraction of the time that we spend doing, doing some things with prayer, it would radically change how we live. Now, something I say every year is that the thing that we fast from needs to be a big deal to us. If it's not a big deal to us, guess what? It's not gonna be a big deal to God. So like if you're not a vegetable person and you say, I am fasting vegetables for two weeks, big deal, not a big deal to you, not gonna be a big deal to God. So what is it in your life that is a big deal? What's a big deal in your life where you would say, you know what, like if if I set that aside for two weeks, that would be a really big thing to me. If it's a big thing to you, it'll be a big thing to God. So what is it? What is that thing that you might need to set aside to see God do something in your life? Now, on your seat should be a little card like this. I encourage you to grab that. You might have to share with somebody sitting next to you. Just grab that for a second. One side says breakthrough, 2018 fast. The other side has two questions. So the first question is, what are you fasting for? So what's that thing that's kept you stuck? What's that plateau that you're at? Give it a label. Give it a name. And if you would say, I don't know, I, like I'm in a good place in life, I don't, I'm not really stuck anywhere, then do you know somebody else who's stuck? Uh, fast for them pray for them. They would benefit greatly from that. So what is that thing in your life or somebody else's life where you're stuck and you need a breakthrough? So I encourage you to spend some time processing that. Second question is, what are you fasting from? So what are you willing to give up in order to see God deliver a breakthrough in your life or in somebody else's life? What big thing to you are you willing to give up to see God do something radical in your life? I encourage you to to process that as well. What I encourage everybody to do is take this card home, get a copy of our fasting preparation guide from our Connection Center or from our website, read through that, spend some time praying through these two questions, fill this out this week, and then bring it back next week. Next week when you come in, I encourage you to slide it into one of our giving boxes. And when you turn into one of our giving boxes, that's going to come to our elders and our prayer team. And we are going to commit to praying for you every day during our fast. So our fast will run from, again, January the 15th to the 28th. And I can't tell you how much of an honor it is for us to pray for you. When we do things like this, where you turn in information about what's going on in your life, it's amazing for us. So it gives us an opportunity to know what's going on in the life of our church family and how to specifically pray for you. If you want us to pray for you by name, write your name on it. If you don't want that, no need to put your name on it. Just answer the two questions and slide it in the giving box and we'll be praying for you during our fast. Now, next week, what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter six about fasting and praying and how to do those two things. And he's got some very specific things to say about that. So if you would like to get prepared for next week's message, just spend some time this week reading Matthew chapter six. And I hope that you'll come back next week. I hope you invite some friends to come back with you next week who need a breakthrough in their lives. So if you would, just stand with me. And uh, we're gonna pray And our worship team is going to come out and close us out in a song. And as they're doing that, I really encourage you to spend some time praying about your answers to those two questions. What do you need to fast for? What do you need to fast from? So let's pray together. God, I'm so grateful for the truth that you've given this morning and the reality that we're not the only ones who get stuck in life. We're not the only ones that hit plateaus in life. There's a lot of people that hit plateaus. And we need to turn to you for the true spiritual breakthrough that you can give us. And so, God, I pray that you would guide us through this fast, this time of praying, this time of fasting, this time of, of turning to you and seeking your wisdom and your resources. Um, God, I, I pray that we would see you do what only you can do. I pray that we would see you do supernatural things. And help us break through these plateaus and these obstacles that keep us stuck in life. But God, I know there's probably a number of folks right now that are stuck in in some spot in life. They're stuck in a health issue. They're stuck in a relationship issue. They're stuck in a career issue, a financial issue, an attitude issue. They're just stuck. So Jesus, you came along and you said, when you get stuck... Here's two ancient spiritual disciplines that you can engage, prayer and fasting. I pray that you would teach us how to engage these things. Um, For some of us, we're brand new to it and we're trying it out for the first time. For others, this is something we're coming back to again. I pray that you would help all of us take it to a new level in our lives and just see what can happen when we turn to you through prayer and fasting. So Lord, speak to us this morning. Speak to us this week and speak to us throughout this series. In Jesus' powerful name, we say amen.